Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. This episode, we're talking about how money FOMO, among other things, can make you vulnerable to scams and how you can avoid being a victim. You know, for a couple of years, cryptocurrency was all the rage and it seemed like nothing could possibly go wrong. It was a very social experience. In 2022, 31% of new crypto investors got started with advice from a friend. On top of that, 10% of investors cited the fear of missing out, or FOMO, as a reason to get into that market. When when inexperienced investors flood into fad investments like crypto, scammers are often not far behind. And that's exactly what happened here. The market collapsed. Thousands of would-be millionaires had their savings wiped out. So let's make sure crap like this does not happen to you. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. I'm excited to talk about this. And uh, my crypto portfolio is still way up, but that's what happens when you get in in 2011. Yeah, you can be your. You can be honest here, Miranda. <laughs> you don't have to tell us everything's going well. We're, we're, we're gonna my crypto you. portfolio is fine. Everybody else's sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, and I'm proud to say a friend of mine, Aaron Friedman. Hey, Aaron. Hey, I never invested in crypto. <laughs> uh, I have, I have some crypto away. investing, but you know who we really want to talk to? Because today we have an investigative reporter, Zeke Fox from Bloomberg, author of the book Number Go Up, which, by the way, was just named one of the books of the year from the Washington Post. Zeke, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. And you're going to talk to us about how we can get how we can miss out on being scammed. But before we start all that, as a matter of fact, let me do my my warning first. Remember, we're not giving financial advice here, folks. So make sure to do your own research and consult your own experts before acting on anything you might hear on this podcast. With that being said, let's dive in. Zeke, the first thing I have to ask you is, why is your book called Number Go Up instead of Numbers Go Up? I I thought it was a misprint when I saw it. Yeah. I just, it was a phrase I heard a crypto guy say that I thought really explained this financial mania, which I think is the greatest financial mania the world has ever seen in history. And what I was at a Bitcoin conference in Miami, Bitcoin 2021, one of the first conferences of any type after COVID restrictions lifted. I was kind of new to crypto, but I went there thinking, all right. Crypto has this narrative that it's always on the cusp of going legit. And you hear these headlines about Wall Street, big Wall Street firms going to get involved. It was the same then as it is now. And so I went there thinking I was going to hear a lot of, I was skeptical of crypto, but I thought the pitches would kind of make sense. And I'd hear about interesting new tech companies that were going to use crypto to cut out middlemen and revolutionize the financial system. And instead, what I heard was a lot of talk about how Bitcoin was going to save the world and the prices were going to go up and up and we were all going to get rich. And this one guy on stage at this big conference, he actually said, he called it number go up technology. <laughs> and he said, he explained this. He was like, yes, number go up technology means the price goes up and people hear about that. Then they think, hey, I should buy some Bitcoin. Then they buy, the price goes up more then more people hear about that. And then the price goes up more. And I'm sitting there thinking, this sounds like a pyramid scheme. But for two years or so, this kind of logic took over. And it was as if the traditional rules of investing didn't matter. And the people who bought into this number go up thinking 
we're getting really rich. And I, I like that you mentioned FOMO because I think so much of this market was really driven by that. People like you and I were hearing about their friends making money on crypto and thinking, hey, maybe I should throw in a thousand bucks. But also venture capitalists were hearing about their friend who had a fund that invested in crypto and got a better return than them last year. And they were thinking, hey, maybe I should throw in a billion dollars to crypto. And <laughs> you would think there was there was more to it than FOMO, but I think on so many levels that drove this market. Yeah, I mean, I think for real. Um, and I think that's something that we see all the time in scams, right? Where people don't want to miss out, they dump in more money. And so then it becomes more valuable. It's very similar to what we see with pump and dump in penny stocks all the time. Uh, you know, Zeke, you and I, we report on this stuff regularly. And like we see that all the time with penny stocks, big deal, um, and, and other things that are kind of uh, these fad investments. And, and it seems like there's no way it could ever stop going up until finally it yeah. does. And I, penny stocks, I when, it, when I, I'm a veteran investigative reporter, I've always written about the shady side of Wall Street. And I, I've written a lot, like you said, about penny stock scams. And I, my before I knew much about how they worked, I sort of thought of the average investor in a penny stock scam as like some poor gullible person who really believed that this company they never heard of had, you know, struck gold in Mongolia and that, that we were all going to be rich. But what I, I realized is that actually a lot of penny stock investors kind of know that it's a game and they just think that for some reason they are the smart ones who are going to get in early on this fake gold mine in Mongolia. And they think that the price will go up because other people are going to get in the game later. And they think they're going to be the smart one who gets out while the getting is good. Everybody thinks they're the smart one and they're the one who's going to win the game. But in reality, it's a zero-sum game. If anyone's going to make money, someone else has to lose money. And the only reliable way to be a winner is to be the guy who runs the game or like his friend who gets in at a really good price you know, before the game even starts. And if by the time... We are hearing about this penny stock or this new coin or whatever it is, it's kind of too late. And you're what the crypto guys call exit liquidity. You're the one who's getting dumped on. You're the greater fool. Yeah. Never a good place to be. Yeah. And you, you know, by the way, this is not a podcast about crypto, but I but I have to ask you this one thing. Right. Okay. I bought crypto uh, for one simple reason, the fear of missing out. You know, I, and I don't have much in it, but that's literally the only reason I brought I bought it because what if what if it does go to a million dollars and I could have bought it, you know, and I didn't, so I have to have a little bit. So I literally bought it for FOMO reasons, but and I used to argue on the sidewalk with people about crypto. Like my brother-in-law used to work for Goldman, now he works for a hedge fund, and and we would argue about this. He's like, I'm I'm like, there is no fundamental value to this. I mean, there may be value to uh, the, the, t the, the type of technology underlying it, but, but there is no fundamental value to any crypto coin. Uh, and, he, and he would say, yeah, there is, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's out of it now. Uh, but here's my, here's my original question, though. You notice it's doing it again? It was at $18,000 or $16,000 not a few months ago, and now uh, Bitcoin is $36,000. Is this going up again? It's wild. And 
it's not just Bitcoin. One of the biggest gainers in crypto is FTT token. And this is a the official token of FTX, Sam Bankman frieds bankrupt crypto exchange. And there's some talk that FTX will be restarted, which I see as far-fetched. But yes. there's no scenario in which FTT token would be part of the restarting of FTX. This is like a zombie token left over from this old scam. And yet it's actually one of the biggest gainers in crypto. And I think a lot of it is this um, kind of nihilistic meme stock mentality where a bunch of traders just sort of jump into one of these essentially like penny stocks or, you know, small cap coins and they try to like get it going. And if the trading volumes are kind of low, it doesn't take that much to bump up the price. Then it gets on different people's radar screens because they are looking at the number going up and they're like, oh, this is this is a hot coin today. Maybe, maybe it's going to go up more tomorrow. I'll jump in. So I've kind of given up on trying to predict what's going to happen with crypto prices, especially in the short run. But what I can tell you is that I spent two years traveling all around the world from El Salvador to Cambodia trying to figure out, is there anything behind the curtain? What do these cryptocurrencies really do? Do they have any product that's going to appeal to a regular person? Because just going on Coinbase and buying crypto, that is not really participating in the blockchain. That's just sort of gambling on their prices. And in the long run, I think for crypto to be successful, they need to have some sort of product that people want to use that makes money. Like that's the, the same reason why stocks eventually need to, the company needs to produce something that turns a profit. You can't just be all hype and promises forever. And what I, from all my investigating, what I've realized is that they do not, they've failed to come up with any use that a regular, that would be appealing to a regular person regular people, even the examples that crypto people love to hype as like the biggest crypto success stories. When I would go try to see it in person, I would find that there was nothing going on. It was just uh, really overhyped. And that sometimes, in fact, I'd find really pernicious effects on uh, people in different countries where crypto is getting more popular. Now, you're you're one of the most knowledgeable people we've had on this podcast when it comes to crypto. So let me ask you a simple question. Do you own any? I do not. And as a reporter at Bloomberg, which is my day job, we have like a trading policy and we're not supposed to be buying. I'm, I'm, I am maybe I'm, don't don't take this as like gospel, but the gist of it is that we should not be motivated by buying individual stocks or coins in a way that's going to affect our coverage. So you're supposed well, to, sense. yeah, you're supposed to just have your investments in like an ETF is fine. Um, and so for me, what that means is like, I really don't pay that much attention to investing. I'm not trying to go out there and pick stocks or pick coins on. Um, so crypto people would use this against me when I would meet them and they would say, you don't know what you're talking about. You're biased against crypto because you don't have any. 
and I had we are allowed to get small amounts of crypto to try it out, you know, as that's yeah. not banned. And I I came to think, you know what, maybe these guys have a point. Maybe I should try it out more, see if I'm missing out on something. So yeah, that was one of and that turned out to be one of the most enlightening, uh, depressing and fun parts of the book, which is when I um did invest in crypto and purchased a mutant ape yacht club NFT. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, did, did you did you all ever get into nfts own any hell no uh, that, that looks stupid to I me mean, at the I, very beginning I, I, I sold a few i sold a few i made some decent money selling which a few, which, which ones did you get that... what did you flip <laughs> no no i minted them i minted them and sold really? some. Oh. we're not going to talk about that today <laughs> yep. i got, I got okay. a question i got a question Aaron. So you guys talk about penny stocks and 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 uh, and this new stuff. So I got to imagine that during the penny stock realm, it, it was a bunch of guys on phones, you know, constantly calling people and, and trying to entice them into those investments. I was wasn't the um, wasn't a lot of the crypto and the GameStop and the AMC wasn't that started at around a Reddit thread and yes. and people got on those Reddit threads and started pushing it, pushing it, and then it spread out from that. Is that still happening? That's a good question. And 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 since then, is the current stock market still kind of, you know, is that still happening? Is yeah. it Zeke? We're still people no, still they, doing they, the Reddit so stuff? They do, and there still are different meme stocks. And it's a little bit like uh, what I was saying with crypto. Like, this was a little while ago, but there was a time period when Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac became kind of meme stocks because it was a recognizable name. They had a low stock price, and if a bunch of traders got in, they could kind of push the price around. And they invented this kind of story about how Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's stock would one day be valuable. That didn't make any sense. Um, so I th- that continues on the stock market. That continues on crypto. Crypto people love Twitter, so you'll see them talking about different uh, meme coins and trying to get them going. I mean... There was one that was popular in recent months called Harry Potter Sonic 10X Inu. <laughs> and because it, it's kind of a contest where if you can come up with something that's so stupid, then everyone's like, oh, this is the dumbest one. This is going to win the contest of like stupidity that will appeal to Reddit people. And then you can kind of get it going. Uh, like in the NFT world, I always admired crypto dick butts which i thought was like the stupidest nft and so did a lot of people and that helped it become very valuable for a time so you wouldn't call crypto a scam would you so scam <laughs> i love yeah, that pause there I mean, scam, well, scam implies, is a subjective term first of all yeah i, I think as a as a legal matter I think scam implies that the person who's running the coin has fraudulent intentions. And I met all sorts of people in crypto. Some of them are really true believers and are kind of delusional. Other people are scammers um, and, you know, everywhere in between. So crypto is it's kind of a story This that these coins are going to be the future of money. And I think that that story is false overall. 
Um, but I don't think that every single person in the crypto world is a thief. Many of them believe in this story. And there was a moment in the book where I was uh, in the Bahamas. I'd flown down for a big conference to celebrate. The conference was put on by Sam Bankman fried and FTX to celebrate how great everything was going. And by this point, I, I mean, I was skeptical at the beginning. I was just growing more and more skeptical as I heard about all sorts of different scams. And I'm, I'm at a party for NFT collection called Degenerate Trash Pandas. <laughs> and this one, it never really took off. And by never took off, I think they still cost like a thousand bucks. But uh, it never took off because it wasn't quite as inspired as uh, the stupidity as, as crypto dick butts or, you know, Harry Potter, Sonic, 10X, Inu. Um, but I'm, so I'm at the Degenerate Trash Pandas party. I'm talking to a programmer and I say to him, what is this going to do for people in the real world? Like, how is this ever going to go mainstream? And he's like, it's very strange that you would ask this question. Why do you care? And he was sincere. And I've realized that some of the people in this crypto world are so caught up in it. They can't even see outside it. And they can't see that my mom is never going to open a MetaMask wallet in order to acquire a degenerate <laughs> exactly. trash panda. And yeah. so like that person, I don't think is a scammer, but I also think that they haven't thought through much about crypto and how it's actually going to work in the real world. Yeah. Well, you know, what? we've got to take a quick break. I really want to talk to you, though, about what it was like to talk to Sam Beckman fried You sat down with him, right? Yeah, a few times. I spent a couple of days with him when things were going great. And then I, I flew back down and uh, spent a day at his $30 million pet house just before the cops got there. So let me ask you something. Was he one of the people who drank the Kool-Aid? Did he believe what he was talking about? Or was he somebody, I mean, in your opinion, obviously we don't know his mind, but or, or do you think he's somebody that just wanted to make more and more money? So he presented himself as someone who is skeptical about crypto. And that's kind of how he won me over. He seemed like the grown-up in the room, a Wall Street guy who wasn't going to be making these big bets on Dogecoin or Harry Potter, Sonic, Shiba Inu, 10X or whatever. And that he was just going to, basically, he was going to run the crypto casino and people could go gamble on whatever. That's sort of their business. And he's going to rake off, you know, a small fee on every trade. And eventually that's going to make him super, super rich. And he's going to give it all to charity. And what we learned at his criminal trial in Manhattan recently was that, in fact, two things. The money that people took to the that used to buy chips at his crypto casino, FTX, he was stealing that money. And two, he was using that stolen money to gamble on all sorts of wild things. So, so not exactly doing whether, what he said. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, this is why he was convicted of fraud. But also, I still don't think he really believed in crypto as like the future of money, but he certainly gambled on number going up and his the only way he could have gotten away with his fraud is if crypto kept going up and up and up and he made so much money that he was able to just paper over it so whether he's a true believer or not he was a degenerate crypto gambler and really the worst of all he was doing it with 
stolen customer funds. Cool. Okay. We are halfway through our show, actually a little more than halfway. If so, it's time to pay a couple of bills. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break to talk about why money FOMO is so powerful and more importantly, how you can rein it in and avoid losing money to scams. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back before we start. One quick thing. If you guys appreciate what we do, would you do something for us? Would you share this show with your friends and family on your favorite social platforms and subscribe to our podcast? It takes you two seconds, but it can really help us. And it is not a scam. Oh. So now let's talk about how to avoid scams. Well, let me let me ask you this, Zeke. How, how um why, why do people do this? Why why do people do stupid things? Follow into things that they where they should know better. Why are they so, doing it? I want to be sympathetic to some of these crypto gamblers. And I, I keep coming back to a conversation I had with a salesman, a closet salesman at Ikea. And I don't know, we, I guess I'm always working because we started talking about investing in crypto. And he told me that he'd lost a lot of money on it and on, on meme stocks too. And I said, haven't you read the, and like, I don't think I said it in that way, but I said, you know, day trading is kind of proven to be a money losing activity in general. Like, it's just so unlikely that you will beat the market. And most people agree that you're better off just throwing it in like a broad market ETF and not paying too much attention to it. And maybe you could, or in the, historically, this is the stock market has returned, I don't know, eight or 10% a year or something like that. And he said, listen, man, eight or 10% a year is not going to do anything for me. I work at Ikea. I can barely save any money. I need to throw it into some gambling thing because what I want to do is hit it big so that I can, you know, get the down payment for an apartment or achieve my other financial goals. And so I think that in a weird way, some of this giant bubble was driven by income inequality and that just the so many people feel that like the financial goals that their parents reached are going to be hard for them to reach and it leads to them dismissing the idea of like responsible investing and thinking let's just throw it all into some you know let's let's throw it all into this coin and like hope that that we can get rich and the people promoting the coins they certainly take advantage of that and they sell it as a way to achieve financial independence. Well, I think also, I think social media has done that too. Um, you can go on YouTube, TikTok, any of these platforms that have video, and you will find <clears throat> day traders, you know, you know, watch me trade during the day. And and they're, and that, that was never around before. You know, you never had those kind of insights. And if you see somebody your age doing it, you're like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the truth is just no fun, which is that anything that's promising a big return probably carries a commensurately large risk and that you're really unlikely to on your own discover like the next hot thing um, that you're just competing with so many professional investors who have so many more resources than you. Yeah, I, I, was, I was a consumer reporter t on TV news for 30 years and I can't, I can't begin to tell you how many people I've seen ripped off. Uh, and, and it's, you know, example, day trading is one. I covered that story 25 years ago. 
Um, and they were, you know, they're 30%. We're going to teach you how to make 30%. Well, if I know how to make 30%, I'm not going to teach you. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? You're introducing competition. You know, I mean, some of these things are just so blatantly stupid. I mean, you know, promising people what you can't begin to deliver and having them buy it. You know, I mean, way before the Internet, people were doing this, of course. Uh, so it, the, it, what's weird, what's hard to understand is why people would do this. Why do we fall for stuff like this? How do, and, and not we, we think of people who get drawn into a scam as being stupid. Like that wouldn't happen to us. But I'll guarantee you it will happen to you. It's happened to me. I've been drawn into a scam before. I mean, the truth is smart people can't be drawn into scams. And why do you think that is, Zeke? Um, one is hard to say. I, I am continually surprised by this too. And in the book, I write about pig butchering these horrible scams that start with a spam text message, the kind that we all get all day. And I'm, most people just ignore them, but some people will respond to those spam messages. And if you do, the person on the other end tries to befriend you and eventually convinces you that they've got this great trading strategy and gets you to send in a lot of money. And I've come across people who sent in hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Um, and I've even read transcripts of their conversations with the scammer and to me i'm like the this doesn't seem convincing at all how did they get you and these are people with good jobs you know corporate executives graduate degrees but they 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 want to believe there's something about it where they really maybe something bad has happened in their life they're feeling lonely and this new person on the other end of the text message like seems like the friend they've been looking for um, but it, it was shocking to me how many really smart people would fall for the, what seemed to be like a very unconvincing pitch. And side note, in what was like the most shocking and most disturbing thing that happened in the book, I found out that many of the people who send these spam messages are victims of human trafficking who are essentially enslaved by gangsters. Chinese gangsters in Cambodia and Myanmar who run these like giant office towers full of workers who are forced to send spam messages and trick people into doing crypto scams under threat of beatings or torture. No, that makes it even worse. So what do we do? I mean, let's, let's assume that we all accept the fact that anyone could be subject to falling victim to a scam. So, what can we all do to make sure that doesn't happen to us? Is there are there simple things that we can do? I I would just say that you've got to understand that if something seems is promising a really huge return, it's probably too good to be true, and you might have to give up on this sort of dream that you are going to find some investment that's going to be a huge score, and there there really is no shortcut to trying to save money um, and have it build every month. And I think one one message from the book that I think is kind of empowering is I would say, you know, even if a lot of smart people are saying to do something, if it doesn't make sense to you, maybe it just doesn't make sense. You know, maybe they, if they can't explain it to you and they can't make it make sense to you, maybe that's because the crypto people will sort of say, well, you didn't do enough research. You don't understand the power of the blockchain. And 
I think you can counter and say, if you can't explain your product to me and why I might want to use it, I don't think your company's going to go anywhere long term. That makes total sense. Miranda, I bet you, like I have, I bet you've written many times about <laughs> warning signs of scams, like w- w- when you should be careful when has people approach you with deals. Have you written that kind of a story? Can you give some of that kind of advice? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, like Zeke said, one of the biggest things to worry about, watch out for folks when it seems too good to be true. And then also watch out when people are guaranteeing returns, when they're like, oh, there's no way this can go wrong. Um, Watch out for people that say, oh, you have to get in now, that put a time limit on it and say, you have to decide now. And they put on this pressure on you to, uh, to get out there and do it. And then another thing to watch out for that I'm seeing right now are folks who encourage you to put it on your credit card or to borrow money uh, to to get into these. And folks will say like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, put it on your credit card, it'll be fine. And you'll, you'll make so much money that you'll be able to pay off that credit card in no time. And, you know, really watch out for that. Really watch out for people who use high pressure tactics to try and get you in there. And then, um, and then also, once again, like Zeke said, watch out for somebody who can explain it, right? Um, I mean, one of the reasons why I am such an indexer and I'm so boring is because it's it's the, one of the easiest things to do, one of the easiest things to understand. I was understand. wondering why you were so boring. <laughs> As a Zeke, I, w- I want you to touch on AI for a little bit. I'm on yeah, the Department of Finance Protection and Innovation, and, I'm, and they're saying that uh, the latest crypto uh, scam now is that an AI, they're out there saying AI can trade crypto on behalf of investors and, turn, and generate good profits. And they're also saying that they're using AI to push out YouTube videos of CEOs of, of actual companies that you know are a complete hoax. And they're also using AI cloning voices. So it's like your relative calling you and saying, "Hey, I just you know invested in this thing." Um, how you know is this the next worry for us? Yes, I mean I find that very scary because I've seen how successful these scammers are with these pretty weak pitches. And imagine if they're coming to people with like highly personalized pitches that with that sound convincing and are delivered in uh, also if you can do it by AI, you could just increase the volume of your scamming yeah. so much. You know, the costs are down. So you could you could be hitting people with so many more convincing pitches and it's gonna be really hard for people to sort out what's real. Because people have limited energy to sort out, to research things that, that come in their inbox, you know? And if they're getting hit with all these scam pitches all the time, I don't know how they're going to do it. And it, But definitely, I mean, the AI trading robot, that's like what we were talking about before. If somebody had the AI trading robot, they would not be giving it to you. You know, nobody who's figured out the secret of trading is going to give it to you, even right. for like a hundred or a thousand bucks a month. They could make a lot more money using it themselves on um, and I there was a great uh great penny stock scam for the promoter I think they even had a picture of the robot it was the same pitch where it's like the robot's going to trade stocks and like invest in the robot uh it's sort of like an age-old uh, trick so I'm not I'm not surprised that they would put an AI spin on it and I, sure. I, I also think you have to watch out for AI AI companies you know, it seems like a great area to invest in, but there's the money, there's so much money flowing into AI right now that somebody who's got bad intentions, now if they wanted to start a company and raise a scam company and raise money, 
you probably wouldn't say it was crypto. You'd probably be better off saying, oh, I've got a hot new AI stock. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing how many people will. I mean, when you said that, Aaron, it's just if you I've got AI that's uh, trading crypto successfully. Why the hell would I give that to somebody? <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. And yet people do that and they'll continue to do it. They've been doing it for the 40 years I've been doing consumer reporting, and I'm positive they'll be doing it 40 years from now, too. So basically, all, the only advice you can give is to slow the hell down and think about what's going on. Talk to people who know more and don't accept things that are just on their face stupid. Uh, and yet, you know, I've been saying that for decades and still happens to people every day. One thing, this is like a little pet peeve of mine, is the crypto people would often say, if I said, hey, are people going to lose money if they just go on your exchange and buy some coins? Like, isn't this a bad idea? And they'd say, well, the investors should do their own research. Yeah, sure. And I think that that can actually be a dangerous idea because some of these cryptocurrencies there's really like no way for you to understand them or to do your own research. And a lot of times what do your own research leads to is you watching like a bunch of biased YouTube videos and going down this this crypto rabbit hole. And the idea that if you're not, I mean, if you're not like a coder, how are you supposed to understand whether one blockchain or another one works better? Um, it's actually kind of impossible in some cases for you to figure these things out. Yep. Well, let's hope that we've helped. We've keep kept someone, hopefully a bunch of people, <clears throat> from being roped in by a scam today. Uh, but now we are out of time, I'm afraid. But you know what, folks? We are never out of topic. So you can dig a little deeper by going to links in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And you definitely want to go see Zeke at his website. That is ZekeFox.com. But let me spell this for you because it's Zeke, Z-E-K-E. But Fox is F-A-U-X. So ZekeFox.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, please tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. As I said at the break, if you like what we do, subscribe to our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Zeke, it was really great having you today. So appreciate your time. Tell, tell me one more time the name of your book. Number Go Up, Inside Crypto's Wild Rise and Staggering Fall. And I assume we can buy this wherever fine books are sold. And by that, I mean Definitely. Amazon. Definitely. And, we, <laughs> and we've got a great, we got a, if, you're, if you're a listener, we've got a great narrator uh, it's on Audible, and he killed it. So it's a, it's a fun listen, too. Awesome. Thanks. And come back and see us again. In the meantime, folks, I am Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. Uh, I just bought some monkey butt uh, coins. Um, it's going to go up really good. <laughs> <laughs> Say your name. Oh, Aaron Freeman. We'll see you. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Going to see you right here next time.